It's News of the Week with Jason Cousineau for June 8th, 2019. This time we talk about increased UFO sightings and the former U.S. defense official admitting that they're real and that this rash of sightings is really concerning. The palpable sense of fear during the end of the Mayan civilization. A nearby galaxy discovered by an amateur astronomer. Marvel movie spoilers and a Florida man barbecuing child molesters. I'm your co-host, Eric Render-King-Fisk. Stay tuned. I'm, I'm actually going to like start recording this right now because I actually want Carol to hear this. Um, Carol and I had a really difficult weekend because of some circumstances that are totally beyond our control. And this is like kind of like one of those things that could like rip a couple apart. And Mm -hmm. as soon as the bad news hit, Carol and I were kind of just like laughing at it. And (laughs) and because the thing is, is that, oh, oh, I know it's not you. I I know it's not you because I'm just as a a short story long. um, Somebody borrowed our debit card information. Okay, just for the recording audience so that everyone knows, when he says somebody borrowed, he means stole. Somebody stole our, our, and I was being, I was trying to be facetious maybe somebody somebody stole our credit card information and decided to go out and 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 enjoy their weekend on my on my expense (laughs) and um you need to have a bank account that you can monitor all of your banking transactions in real time um and if you don't you're making a huge mistake with everything that's going on with with cyber thieves, identity theft, whatever. And as soon as the as soon as the problem started to hit, we knew immediately what was going on. We called the credit card company and the credit card company did the the best they could to stop the transactions and we're being reimbursed for all all the all of the charges. Um but and I can't, I can't reiterate this tonight. You need a good bank that has an app and will send you alerts with every single banking transaction. You need it for your financial well-being, your state of mind, and believe it or not, your marriage. Because um, as soon as Carol saw some of these charges, she's like, this isn't Eric. Eric would not have done this. <laughs> Eric does not eat at that restaurant when i'm not around and it is one of those restaurants whereas and what i had said to jay at the beginning of the show one of the reasons why i don't eat at this restaurant anymore is because of the ubiquitous television sets everywhere you cannot turn your head without looking at a tv apparently um a perfect example is the 99 restaurant which is they're ubiquitous everywhere in new england Uh, apparently you don't have 99 restaurants in utah but the thing is, is that... It, uh, yeah, the specific restaurant, the 99 restaurant. We have 99 restaurants. We have more than 99 restaurants, <laughs> but specifically <laughs> do not have the 99 restaurant. Yeah. That is a New England thing. But we have we have some restaurants out here that I, I'm pretty sure you guys don't have out there. Right. So it's a cha- The 99 is a change. Is a change. Yeah, it's like a, like a local chain. Like um, the big one out here that I always compare to New England is out here they have a chain called um, the Village Inn 
And the village inn I described to New Englanders as being friendlies, except instead of ice cream, they have pie. Right. Right. You know, and, and out and if I'm talking to someone from out here and I'm trying to explain New England, I'm like, friendlies is like the village inn, except with ice cream instead of pie. Yeah. So, yeah. Local chains, you know. Yeah. Um, and I and I don't eat at these restaurants because there's just cheesy stuff. They're all over the place, and I don't like them. I don't. I don't like the the cheese kitsch factor. Factor, and I don't like televisions everywhere. Yeah, and yeah. You don't like getting distracted. I shouldn't have to go somewhere if I wanted to watch television and have dinner. I would stay home and have dinner. I don't need to go to these restaurants. These change where t- televisions are everywhere. I actually like the idea of going to a restaurant where there are no televisions. Um, and I've left restaurants, have never gone back because of the televisions that are everywhere. And people are saying, oh, you know, it's like it's everywhere. You should just get over it. I, no, I'm not, I'm not getting over it. I'll go to a restaurant where there aren't televisions everywhere you look. Um, but Carol knew that something was up and somebody had borrowed, had stolen our credit card information and almost immediately the, the problem was alleviated. Um, once the bank companies gathered enough information and I'll, I'll just leave it at that. Um, right. And they think now out of curiosity, during the course of that gathering information, do they do they know when it happened? They know. They words? pretty much know exactly. From what I understand, from reading, and this is a huge. It's not a huge news story, but it's a news story in the Boston area. There is a town uh, where a couple of gas machines have these skimming devices, whereas it's like they have these little tiny portable webcams that they put underneath. The ATM machine slot, you know, that that little sort of like that, I don't even know, that cover. What would you call it? The awning? They're sort yeah. of like the, they put it underneath the awning of the credit card receptacle. Um, and it's like they it, the camera just takes a picture of your card as you're sliding it in. So what you need to do is just you need to actually like grab the credit card machine holder and, and, and look underneath there to see what's going on. And if it's like, if you see anything unusual... Report it immediately. Uh, so they pretty much, I mean, and, and the thing is their patterns, you looked at their shopping patterns and their dining habits. Um, they pretty much know, I mean, they, they know everything that they need to know about these people. Oh, and here's another thing. Um, they used, they used my card, um, my credit card information to buy an Amazon Prime video for themselves <laughs> on their own Amazon wow. account. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow. That is, that is a special kind of stupid. That is a special kind of stupid. So, and they, so they, they know who it is and now it's out of my hands. Now it's so. Now what is that? I mean, are they going to reverse the charges? Oh yeah, on those. Okay, so they're going to reverse. This the, is the thing. Now this yeah. is the thing about things like credit card theft that piss me off that people don't think about. Right. Right. That those thieves, that thief, 
got all of that stuff, whether it's the movie, whether right. they bought something physical, they had food, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah. They got all of that shit. Yeah. Now, who is going to pay for that? You're not paying for it. No. Because the credit card reverses the charges. The credit card company is not going to pay for it because it's illegitimate. So the businesses that they went to are the ones that are getting fucked because they lost out on goods and or services yeah. in exchange for that money. Yeah. And people wonder why we pay so much for shit. Well, it's uh, because of thieves. It, so the next time you hear someone, and I don't hear this very often, but I have heard it on occasion. The next time you hear someone who's like, um, oh, it's a victimless crime. No, no, it is. No, there's really no such thing as a victimless crime. I'm not trying to make any excuses whatsoever. I'm not trying to make it sound as if I'm I'm defending credit card companies because I'm not. Right. Um, but one of the reasons why they charge such high interest is because of credit card theft. That's one yeah. of the re- that's one of the reasons why your credit card rate is so high because they have to recoup the money that was stolen by other people. Right, and that's that's because of what the credit card company has to go has to do the that's basically man hours yeah that they're paying to their people to find out when it happened when can we start reversing the charges blah 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 all of that other shit yeah that money like say you know say it was five thousand dollars in debt that they racked up right that five thousand dollars is being spread out amongst all of the vendors and all of the all of the places that they went to where they used your credit card and now the credit card's not paying for it right you know so the credit card insurance or the credit card interest rates go up because they got to cover for those assholes that way yep. now those individual businesses i know several people who own small businesses one person had had explained to me he actually went through because when i i helped him out with uh i i got laid off one time and got a really nice severance package yeah so like for a month i worked with him just to just to kill time because I didn't feel like looking for a job yet and I had a three-month freaking severance package. But anyway, um, I went through with him and I set up a an Excel spreadsheet and I helped him just basically with accounting so that he knew what was going with his money. And once I showed him how to set it up, he actually took it and ran with it and he was able to determine how much money he had lost due to people either using a stolen credit card or whatever. And he was... he. In one year, now this guy owned a video game shop, mm-hmm. and in one year, he lost something like $7,000 because of credit card fraud. Yeah. So he lost $7,000 worth of product, and that includes the cost of the product, the cost of paying the people at the store at the time, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, oh my gosh. Yeah. He's a small business owner. This guy is not raking in the cash. You know, he's not pulling down, you know, his take home is where that comes out of on a small business. It's not lost in the shuffle like with a big company like a gas station. Right. You know, with a huge chain and all that shit. This is a guy who owned one store and his all of that seven thousand dollars came directly out of his pocket for feeding his kids and making sure they had clothes and stuff. And that's what pisses me off about this shit. Yeah. Yeah. And it, sh- and it and it 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 should piss you off. It yeah. really should I mean, it's not something that you should perseverate over. You should not be focused on this all the time, every waking moment. Right. But it, this is what hurts small business owners. And this is what um, 
this is what hurts people who are unsophisticated and don't know how to download an app from your bank to monitor your transactions. And there's a whole bunch of other things that Carol and I do to ensure the fact that it, it when and if this ever happens, um, we're protected. And yeah. and we don't keep all of our money in one account, as it were. And nobody should. Um, and that's probably what saved us a lot of hassle, is that... Um, we have one account that we, you know, that has just enough money to get by for the uh, the day or the week, and we have she has money spread out over other accounts so that nobody has access to everything, because God forbid something should happen. And she's very smart like that. And I, but here's the, I think everybody should do that. I know it sounds like a little extra work, but it'll save your butt in the end. So. So with that said, um, yeah, definitely get yourself a bank uh, that has the ability to help you track your purchasings, uh, your purchases, and your, all your bank transactions, so you know what's going on in real time. And I think that you're, a, I, I think you're foolish not to do that. So let me ask you something: Do you want to do the metaphysical connection news items first, or, or do you want to do the other non-paranormal uh, stuff? What what news? Let's of the hit week? the paranormal stuff first. All right. So the the real news gets depressing sometimes. The real news gets depressing. Week, so um, let's let's do the paranormal stuff first. Seriously, I think that Mufon should be a sponsor of our, uh, sponsor of ours because I bet we send a lot of traffic in that direction. Um, Quite possibly. So if you go if you go to the Mufon's homepage, and this is um, uh, June sixth, two thousand nineteen when we're recording this, there are a lot of reports and news items about military personnel, especially pilots, seeing UFOs, unidentified flying objects, in the sky. There's one where it's like they have a, 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 a clip from uh, Good Morning America talking about how military insiders share stories of alleged UFO sightings. It's not an alleged UFO sightings. It's a UFO sightings. It's unidentified flying object. You don't know what it is. You know, if you see if if you see something in the sky and you don't know what it is and it's moving. That's and technically I, I saw this. This was Yeah. They actually had what was his name? He was on Fox News. What the hell is the dude's name? Bill O'Reilly, Sean He's, Hannity. What's that? <laughs> I'm, I'm I'm tossing out names. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 not not the not not the show he was on. He was right. a guest that was on. Yeah, and he was on Fox News because I actually shared this with my colleagues, and they're like, "Dude, what the hell?" <laughs> yeah, exactly. They're starting. This is like a, a like a high level um, guy, and I think he was in the Navy. Yeah, and. He was actually talking about this on Fox News, and he was like, "Yeah, we know there's UFOs out there. That's We've the second part of them. that. We know they are, they are like literally aliens from outer space, and or whatever yeah. they are. They are not terrestrial in origin, and we've known about this for years. What we'd worry about is, you know, why are they here? What are they doing? And what can we do to prevent to work against them? Yeah, why now? Yeah, why is why how long have they been showing up you know because there was you, you got to remember back in the days of, of uh, project blue book 
the Air Force was investigating a lot of this stuff, but their investigations were aimed at one thing and one thing alone, and that is to disprove right. everything. So even this is where like the Men in Black movies make the joke about the swamp gas. Yeah, that's where that or that all that stuff originated from is because back then they would go to great lengths to say you're not seeing what you think you're seeing. Yeah. Nowadays the military is like fuck. We don't know either, man. <laughs> it, 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 they've gotten to the point now where it's like no, we're not. Yeah. No, we're we're not. We're not going to lie to you anymore because the thing is, is that the cat's out of the bag because we've had all of these programs and we've had all of these. Um, what's what's the word we're looking for here? We've had all of these experiences, and there's yeah. been so ma- so many people who have leaked to the media saying, "No, no, this is what's actually going on." They don't know, and they're terrified, just like the rest of us. Um. So, I mean, you, you go to looking at the MUFON page and you look underneath Christopher Mellon. I bet he was harassed when he was a kid. Uh, we know UFOs exist. Former United States Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence discloses previously secret information on UFOs on History Channel series. And it's like the name of the show on the History Channel is Unidentified Inside America's UFO Investigation. This goes, and this was aired, I guess it was on Friday, May 31st. Um, Former United States Deputy Assistant Secretary of Defense for Intelligence. That's quite a title. Um, Just said on on television, we know UFOs exist. Yeah. And that. And I love it. By the way, I love that. Oh, yeah. I I love that he's, yeah. It's a four minute long clip. it, yeah, yeah. It, it, he's he was on the show, and it wasn't like he was on the show for like five minutes at three o'clock in the morning when you know coast to coast AM is on. Yeah, no, this dude was on like prime time, and he was there for like a full thirty minute segment or twenty minute segment, twenty three minute, whatever the fuck it is. Yeah, you know, between the commercial breaks. So I mean, he was there for a while, and he's like, yeah, yeah, we know. <laughs> That's crazy. I love it. It's craziness. Um. And and of course it's it's um and again going back a couple of weeks ago talking about um oh Dr. Stephen Greer saying hey watch out you know the false flag um event right. is going to happen any any moment now any moment there's going to be a false flag I don't know how true that is I mean but well, it's convenient I mean, how all, it's, it's happening First of all it's him Yeah right it, it's 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 Dr. Stephen Greer and yeah. you kind of wonder sometimes um, he has a vested interest in drumming up interest in in people having an interest in this because this is kind of how he makes his money now. Right. Um, so I at least wonder about that. But at the same time, though, he said that we talked about that on the show, what, like a month ago? Yeah. Like four weeks ago, five weeks ago. Yeah. And then here it is two, three weeks later. And you've got a guy from the federal government basically standing up in front of the world and saying, oh, yeah, we know there's FBI. We know there's UFOs. Yeah. There's aliens that come here. We know that. So it makes you wonder if there is a plan behind this. Now, I don't think the people that run our government are smart enough to think like that, that far in advance or that strategically. I'm really not. I, I have no 
no. I have no faith in them at all. So, um, you know, I, I wonder what is going on and what's happening with it. You can't help but wonder. Yeah. I mean, you really can't because it's, it's one of those things where like, we used to joke about this. They're not going to say anything, you know, or if they say anything, it'll be, oh yeah, sure. Whatever. We've known about it, blah, blah, blah. I'm and it's here. It's fucking happening, dude. Oh yeah. So it just really makes me wonder like how soon, how soon is it all going to unravel and everything? I mean, there's total full disclosure. Is it going to happen within a year, two years? Or is there going to be a sighting that is going to be unrefutable? And why, you know, why would they choose now to come out and say, hey, here we are? I mean, if we're talking about extraterrestrials right, uh, or pan-dimensional beings, whatever they are. Or why is the government choosing now as, as the time to say, yeah, they're here, we know it? Well... I mean, if the, the question is, is like, is this all part of a bigger plan? Is this all part of a big plan? And what's the end game? Or, right. or, or is there any plan? And this is all kind of just helter skelter. Helter skelter. I got to be careful saying that because that, that, of course, has. That means something completely different. It means something completely else. Hey, yeah. Uh, yeah. Thanks, Charlie Manson. Um, but. Is it all? Is this all random, or is this part of a bigger plan? Is there a reason why they're doing this now? Of all, I I, I don't know, and I think that you'd be hard pressed to sort of make the case one way, one way or another. Um, yeah, let me see if I can find it real quick. There's there's a book that I that I read a while ago, um, Presidents and UFOs, um, and it laid out this. Um, the history, like at what the president, what all the presidents have known, going as far back as FDR. What did the the American presidents know about aliens and close encounters and whatnot? And it and it, and it makes a, a very sort of um, it makes the case that whoever they are, whoever these visitors are, they're sort of keeping us at arm's distance. And they're letting themselves... Well, here's the thing, though, right? A lot of times we give them a lot of credit that I think they don't deserve. The government if, or... Well, I look at it this way. If if we were going to another planet and we saw there were signs of intelligent life or allegedly intelligent life in our case, would we just show up and be like, we are here! Yeah. No. You, you try and investigate more, all right? Yeah. First of all, do they even see us? Second of all, how are they reacting to us? Yeah. Right? It's just like <laughs> it's just like going to a bar and talking to a woman, right? Mm-hmm. Is you know, does she see me? Does she notice me? You're looking for the clues before you even go and approach them to see if you know what are the chances you're going to get a positive response. Yeah. It's the same kind of thing. Do they notice us? How are they reacting to us? If we were to approach them in some way and talk to them what would they do you know how are they going to react and the only way you can gauge that is by looking at how they treat each other and how they interact with each other now the thing we have to remember is they don't theoretically understand what it is we are saying yeah they're looking at our actions in regards to each other and if you take all of the political nonsense out of it 
we have the UN. They're looking at literally representatives of most countries around the world right. getting together and talking regularly. So that would indicate that we have at least some inclination towards being peaceful and not being violent. However, you contrast that with the amount of violence that's happening, not just in the United States, but around the world on a daily basis. Oh, sure. Dear God, imagine what they think of us when they look at the largest continent in the world yeah. and the violence that happens there. And I'm talking about Africa here. I would have thought that a I thought Asia was the largest continent. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the way they're looking at it, because they're not going to look at political boundaries. When I think of Asia, I tend to think of, you know, like Siberia is okay. part of Russia. Okay. Because I think on the political lines. But geographically, you're right. Asia is probably, Eurasia is the biggest continent. Right. But even then, North Korea, um, some parts of China, the, what must they think looking at China? They're building cities and not putting anyone in them. Yeah, it's just very unusual. Yeah. You know? I mean, it just, they're looking at us and they're trying to figure out what the hell we're doing. What are we thinking? What's going on? And this is all assuming that they cannot understand what we're saying. So I'd be cautious. I'd be cautious, especially if they're aware of we that we have nukes and the destructive power of the nukes. Yeah. Because that's another thing. We, we make a lot of assumptions in regards to the intelligence and the technology that they have. Yeah. You know? Um, just because they have, are capable of inter interstellar travel doesn't mean they have a way of just evaluating what weapons we have and their destructive potential. They may not. Yeah, I mean, I the mean, thing is, is is that we have, we have no idea what they see. We have no idea mm -hmm. how they react to what they see. We have, we, have, we have absolutely no idea how they view us. Um, and by the way, the name of that book that I was talking about earlier... The Presidents and UFOs, A Secret History from FDR to Obama by Larry Holcomb uh, and with a foreword by Stanton Freeman. Uh, a lot of people say that if you're a ufologist, you already know a lot of this information. But if, if you don't know the history of ufology... And everything going back as far as Roswell, even before Roswell. This is this is a great way to get caught up by reading this book. Um, and it's one of those that I, I just like to listen to when I'm going around the house and, and, and just, you know, washing dishes or or, or, or doing chores around the house, um, helping mm -hmm. the kids with their laundry. It's a great book to just listen to and say, you know what, that's a topic for another show. That's a topic for a show. We should do a show. And... and um, the story is about Eisenhower, and Eisenhower disappeared for about three days. And apparently, he allegedly, he went to uh, a nearby Air Force base and, and met with a group of aliens and signed a treaty. And former, huh. you know, uh, former co-host uh, Walt Schnabel had said that that treaty is what started the human alien abductions phenomenon. Whereas they made it, you know, they will give us some technology in exchange. They get to abduct human beings for experiments. And that's, that's pretty scary. Now, when... Yeah, I'm not it, sure if I buy that, but yeah. Well, who says that they need permission, <laughs> you know? Well, well, first of all, be true. If they want to abduct people, they're just going to fucking do it. They're not going to come and say, do you mind if we take 10% of your population? They're not going to do that. 
That's just right. not how it works. Yeah. Why would they approach us and say, we will give you these toys if mm-hmm. you let us play with those people? That's not, that, it just, that doesn't make any sense. Then again, they're aliens, so who knows? Maybe who knows? It make sense for who them. knows? Uh, and it also makes for a great conspiracy theory. And you'll notice I said and, theory. Right. And the thing for me is that it makes no sense for a president to sign off on that, regardless of what they're being offered. Well, in the light of the Cold War, See the thing is we we tend to forget that there was a there was a cold war and and we were fighting the Soviets for world yeah, domination. No, I, I I I do remember that and I do bear that in mind and I still think I still think that at least in Eisenhower's case it's unlikely that I think it's unlikely that Eisenhower would sign off on that. He just doesn't seem to be that kind of politician. You know what I mean? It does sort of seem a little far-fetched of all the people in all the world to make a... Um, to, right. Like, if you had said that about Trump, I'd be like, yeah, I get it. <laughs> you know what I mean? But Eisenhower? I don't know. It It's like one of those things where it's like, I think you should just read the book and get back to me and tell me what you think. See what you say, you know, see, see, I, I like to hear what you have to say after you've read the book. Yeah, send, send me a link. I will. It'll actually be in our show notes. Um, there we go. So uh, going, we go. so going on from there, um, there's, there, there was another news link. I'm not sure if this is the same link that we've talked about. Laser mapping unearthed 60,000 ancient Mayan structures in the Guatemalan jungle. I think that we, I think that we've talked about this a lot. I mean, it, did they just change the number to 60,000? Well, we, the, when we talked about it, the number was a thousand. Okay. If I remember correctly, um, which is huge in and of itself. If it's gone that high, I mean, multiple thousands, that's pretty fucking incredible because for years we'd been we'd been told and i've always blamed the um i've always blamed the smithsonian for this right but the europeans as much as they like us to think otherwise are horribly racist yeah um and if and elitist so it would not surprise me at all if they ignored anything that would indicate that the natives in South America were anything other than savages because they wanted the gold. Yes. Um, so that would not surprise me in the least, but still that's pretty damn, you yeah. know, by the way, the news item that we had linked on the, on the metaphysical connection page, that's like over a year old. Um, but there, there are, I mean, the num the number is slowly growing apparently. Um, yeah, which you would, you would expect if they're still running it and which, if I remember in the articles, uh, that we talked about whenever we talked about us several weeks ago, yeah, that wouldn't surprise me that they were still, if they were still running scans. So they're still figuring it out. Well, here, here's the thing. The latest news item about this is this is from national geographic laser reveals Mayan war ruins in Northern Guatemala. Um, and if it's, it's National Geographic, I think that it's, I think that's very reputable. 
um, skipping away, skipping here. Archaeological archaeologists discover ancient fortifications that evoke a palatable sense of fear. And I just got goosebumps. <laughs> archaeologists guided by laser images of remote regions of northern Guatemala have discovered 20-foot high walls, watchtowers, and other evidence that ancient Mayan societies waged large-scale warfare over many years. The finds have upended long-established impressions of a civilization that tamed the jungle but bu and built thriving cities, then declined and disappeared beneath the dense tropical forest. So they were terrified so of something. Not only did they have huge cities, but they were trying to kill their level best to kill each other. They were trying to kill something. There's something out there. Like it's um, maybe I'm reading too much into this is that suddenly they were building all of these high walls. I mean, 20, 20 feet high um, doesn't seem like a lot, but it does. It's like if you if you look at the level of technology that they had apparently allegedly but that does sort of like send a you know <laughs> a chill up your spine a little bit like what were they so afraid of well i don't know to me 20 foot walls that's a fortification yeah you look at the walls in say medieval europe for example they're they're frequently 10 to 20 20 feet tall yeah um and i don't know if if they've been able to determine this or not but if they have been if if whoever these civilizations were did not do a bunch of clear cutting in the jungle it would make more sense to have 20 foot walls than 10 wall 10 foot walls because your enemy can climb up in a tree to yeah. angle their bows or slings or spears or whatever yeah. it is they're using for a distance weapon to get over that 10 foot wall so it makes sense to have them higher yeah forcing them to go higher up in the tree because as you go higher up in the jungle canopy, there's more things up there that are going to resist you being in their territory. So, you know, it just, it kind of makes sense if you think about it. I mean, I don't think there's anything, there's, there's no like, you know, King Kong sized ape down out in the jungles of South America. I don't think Anymore. that would cause that a need for that anyway. Right. But you never know. You just don't know. We, we're, Apparently, there's thousands of cities that we didn't know about that were in the, those jungles. Who knows? As crazy as it sounds, who? I mean, they were terrified of something. Yeah, it it could it could be anything. Really could. You know, not to perseverate over this, and that seems to be my that favorite word of the week, perseverate. Um, <laughs> but not not to folk not to give this too much attention. But for for National Geographic to say they they were terrified of something. Yeah, that's. That's there's there's a lot to say about that. So I think that as as time progresses, we're going to find out more and more about the Mayans, and as we uncover more of their ancient ruins, um, we'll have a better picture of what it is that they were so concerned about. Um, it could, you know, what could be something as simple as warring tribes. Who knows? This isn't this right. is. Which apparently was something that was much more of a concern than they realized. Yeah, let me just see here. This is you know? this is a news item here, and the thing is, it's from Sci-Fi Wire. I'm not sure if I'm crazy about. I'm I'm not sure the validity of this. I scanned and I and I I I'm looking for 
confirmation of this. So take it with a grain of salt. I mean, it's it is very. Um, the article here is very um, chock full of a lot of information, a lot of charts and diagrams and graphs and whatnot on photographs. Uh, an amateur astronomer has discovered a nearby galaxy. Um, the faint galaxy. Well, that's cool. Yeah, the faint galaxy Donatello, one seen in a small telescope, shows near a very bright star. I'm not Mirage. The same field with the same insert box using the 10.4 meteor gram telescope, blah, 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 blah. Uh, uh, let's see. Take for, uh, let's see. It's what astronomers call a dwarf spheroid, spheroid galaxy, which is pretty much what the name implies. It's kind of a small kind of round galaxy. These types of galaxy are notorious faint and difficult to spot, even at modest distances. Quite a few are, are known near and around the Milky Way and a few other close galaxies. The problem with finding them, though, is a well-known paradox of professional astronomy. The big telescopes need in, needed in general to see these faint little fuzzies usually have a narrow field of view, making it a stroke of luck to find one. Donatello 1 is such a beast, so faint that it would be incredibly easy to overlook in the deep images taken by meteor-class telescopes. And that's why the story is so cool. Donatello 1 is named after Giuseppe Donatello, the amateur astronomer who discovered it. I mean, that's amazing. It's an amazing, it's a, it, it's a, it's a feel-good story about this, this amateur astronomer who, through dil due diligence, found a nearby galaxy or a dwarf galaxy. And this is like, what's exciting about this is that he just, he did this in his own spare time. What have you done this that. week? What have you done this week? <laughs> I think I scratched my nuts. Once. <laughs> Not nearly as significant as finding a galaxy, Jay. I don't know. I felt very relieved. After this. I mean, <laughs> it may not be as noteworthy to everyone else, but I thought it was pretty important. It was significant to you. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Damn it. Leave it. No, to I mean, I love, I love stuff like that though, because the truth of the matter is, is we have very few telescopes, whether they're radio telescopes, optical telescopes, laser telescopes, whatever. We have very few telescopes that are capable of, doing the deep scanning out there that are necessary and the people who run them are beholden to the people who own yeah. them which is normally a university of some sort um, branch of the government whatever so they are charged with looking for things yeah. Am amateur astronomers on the other hand just kind of go huh wonder what the hell's out here yeah <laughs> you know what i mean like, I, I doubt this guy set out to find a hard-to-find galaxy. He was probably just poking around going, oh, what's going on over in this area? Yeah. In this area of blackness and nothingness. Or, look at that star. Let's take a closer look, you know? And that's how they find these things. Yeah. And that is, I think, freaking awesome. Yeah. I I, th I think that's... Just, <laughs> I don't know what to say about this other than the fact that it makes me feel... Well, sweet Jesus, you know? I mean, what did I do this week? Yeah. You know, it, it, it you know, <laughs> right. It does kind of put your own uh, life in perspective sometimes. And you're like, yeah, yeah. Uh, 
I'm just reformatting. I'm, I'm, I'm just learning new code and uh, formatting old web pages, you know? Right. So I, 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 it does make me stop and think. Like, um, you know, what do you do with that information? Where do you, where do you go with that? I, I, I find it curious too how they how he find it, found it this amateur. Yeah, you know, because it's not like he had thousands of dollars worth of materials and millions of dollars worth of equipment and <clears throat> hours and hours and hours worth of time. I mean, maybe he did. Who knows? Yeah, maybe he's self employed or just self made millionaire or something. He's just sitting at home going, going through shit. Um, unlikely though, if I'm being honest. But yeah, yeah it just. I find it amazing how they determine that this is going on. And then for an amateur to do that, they then have to present that to other astronomers, whether yeah. they're amateur or professional. At some point, it has to go in front of a pre professional astronomer, and they have to double-check the math, so to speak, to yeah. determine that, which is freaking fantastic. It really is. I mean, that's just, that is just awesome. It really, I mean, it's... It's, I, I don't know where to go with that. So other than the fact that we can say that's awesome for a couple of hundred more times. Um, yeah. Yep. Moving on. Yeah. So, and this is the problem with having all these web pages on open because, you know, oh my God, what's, what, what's next? What's next? Um, speaking of the Mayans, uh, incredible Mayan discovery, ancient King's mask uncovered in Mexico. Uh, they found an old artifact. You know, they found an interesting artifact. I'm not sure. Um, I'm not. I'm really not sure what to say. It's 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 one it's one thousand five hundred year old mask of a Mayan ru ruler, and it's it it <laughs> it looks cool as hell. Um, yeah, it looks like it's made out of sand. In the picture that I'm looking at, which, if it is, damn. They knew a bit more about sandcastles than I did. Yeah. So let me think here. Um, so, so we could delve into. Let's delve into the mundane, man. If we're the running mundane, out of time, running out of, mundane. Yeah. I don't. <sighs> Florida man. Or, oh, here, go ahead. The the one thing that popped up on the feed um, was about that I saw was about how Memorial Day has lost its meaning. We were, yes, that was actually on the list of things that we want we wanted to talk about for cuz and today we're recording on the day of D-Day. And not a lot of yeah. people really know what unless you're a, a history aficionado, not a lot of people know about the significance of D-Day. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and that's we're losing touch with I mean, we're so concentrated on our distractions now i mean this memorial day i was hopped up on drugs for uh -huh. my gallbladder so i i don't feel too bad about not having gone to a cemetery but that's one thing that i think I, as a parent i failed to instill into my children is the meaning of the holiday um and that's in part because on on Memorial Day weekend, my father's side of the family has a family reunion. Right. So we usually go to that on, it was usually like a Saturday or Sunday, not on Memorial Day. It's, right. Um, but yeah, we didn't, we didn't take the kids out to any parades or anything like that as they were growing up. And I think a lot of parents are doing that now. And, you know, I, I've recently joined the, um, 
the American Legion uh, joined a couple of years ago. And they always go out on Memorial Day. And this year I had actually wanted to do that. I wanted yeah. to go out with the American Legion because they'll you know, do wreaths at various places here in Utah. Um, there's a strong veteran community. And that's that's something that concerns me. I mean, as as a veteran, we're the point of Memorial Day has now completely been perverted. Yeah. It's now, instead of a day of remembrance, it has turned into a day of let's party, you know, let's go out and get drunk and have a barbecue. Yay, it's the official beginning of summer, and that's never what it was intended for. Much like Thanksgiving was a day we were supposed to be content, contemplative and thankful for the things that we have in life. I guess that's still kind of out there because, you know, people eating until they're going into a food coma as they right. watch the latest football game. That kind of is a celebration in a way. But yeah, with Memorial Day, it should be, I don't know, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel like we're honoring those who gave their lives for us. Yeah. I mean, it's, I, I, I have, I have no idea what to say other than the fact that it's like, I do feel, I do feel as if we have totally, um, sort of lost sight or and lost context of like what, we have no sense of history. We have no sense of like what came before us. And I wonder if this has always been a problem. It's just a part of human nature or, um, cause I, I, I think that, consumerism is a lot to blame about this because the thing is is that you're watching tv or like we have in the past and it's like you see um ads for like macy's memorial day sale and it was like and yeah. there's nothing at all about memorial day they're having a sale right. macy's is having a sale on memorial day go out and shop what else should we be doing on memorial day i mean uh, I'm not, geez, I, 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 I forgot. Um, memorializing? Remembering? I, I, I don't know. Um, I think consumerism yeah, because, has a lot it's to do. Like, it's like the 4th of July, right? The 4th of July has become a party holiday as well. Yeah. I mean, what exactly, what, what are we celebrating? You know, Independence Day. What's the point? Yeah, so of, let's go out and get drunk. I mean, yeah. in a way, I guess that's honoring it as well. And let's, you know, there's nothing more American explosions than in the sky, which trigger the PSD of a lot of our returning veterans. Yeah. You know, I, I like fireworks. Yeah, I do. But then again, in my military service, I was never fired upon by enemy ordinance either. So I can honestly say that I have the utmost respect for the veterans that are out there who have been through that. And are still able to, you know, pick their kids up, put them on their shoulders, and show them the fireworks. Yeah, that takes a lot of a lot of a lot of guts to do that. Um, but I don't know. I just it seems to me that we're getting more and more shallow. I think. Yeah. You know, it's all about oh, we don't have to work. Let's throw a party because we don't have to work. And that any you can say that about almost any holiday nowadays. You know. Um, and if we're being honest, that started with our generation. Um, you know, our, our generation has really kind of, I think it start. it may have started before our generation, but our generation like went in that direction on steroids. You know what I mean? There's a, th and I saw this commercial a couple of nights ago and I've been thinking about it a lot. 
And I'm not, I'm not sure, I'm actually going to send you the link. And the, uh, for whatever reason, it, it, it bothered me when I first saw it back in 1983. Um, but I saw it again recently for re- and for reasons. I, I it's it showed up in my Twitter feed or it showed it up on my Facebook feed. And when I saw it again, it really fucking it really I it really bothered me. And it really sort of made me think that this must be the reason why. This really, this must really be the reason why other countries hate us so much, because it's a it's a Diet Coke commercial from 1983, and it's they had this big huge. Apparently, I don't know. I don't know if they really had this big huge Broadway introduction for Diet Coke, or they used. No, to my knowledge. Uh, from looking at it at the commercial itself yeah i think it it looks like they took a bunch of uh stock footage from oscars and award shows and things like that and then just cut it in with this diet coke presentation thing yes um but you do have i don't know you do have the chorus girls dancing on stage around an audience there there's an audience there and there's a giant Chorus girls dancing around. It's Radio giant... City Music Hall. It's the Rockettes. It's it's yeah. It's a Radio some... City Music Hall. Yeah, and and they've got you know, and they've got some pretty big names that are they're showing flashing on the screen. There's Don Lemon, Bob Hope, Dean Martin. Dean Martin. They show Dean Martin drinking a soda and not alcohol. <laughs> I bet there's rum in there. I bet there's rum in there. I bet you there's something Come else on, in that. Dino. Don't, don't, don't ruin my image of you now, damn it! Is that Cleavon Little? I think it. I think it is. Yeah, I mean it. it and then Telly Savalas turns around, and says something to the just camera. for the taste of it. Oh, is that what he's saying? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They either forked out a shit ton of money for that, <laughs> which it's Coke in the '80s. You know, I mean, let's face it, the '80s was a celebration of Coke. Oh, I'm sorry, the wrong kind of Coke, but. I knew where you were going. I saw where you're going. I saw you as you were going. I saw you get to where you were going, and it was still funny. <laughs> you saw the setup. You knew it was coming. Uh, but it was just like uh. you, you look at these. You you look at these um, commercials for products, and it's like. Oh my God! I mean, our society must look so vapid and shallow and superficial. Like you really had a giant premiere at Radio City Music Hall for Diet Coke, and it was just like I wonder how many people actually saw that commercial and said, "Oh, we really got to get that now." Well, okay. One other thing we need to put in perspective here is how long have diet sodas been around? Right? Se- I, if 70s I remember and 80s? correctly, I, when I was a kid, when we were young, like in the 70s, kids, yeah. there wasn't Diet Coke. No, there was Tab. You know, this was, right, there was Tab, but there was like the concept of there being a Diet Coke did not exist right. until probably this. This is not, you know, a, the latest formula of Diet Coke. This is the first time they've ever had a diet coke so i can imagine 
I could imagine the Coca-Cola company forking out some pretty hefty fucking money to advertise that yeah. to get people on the bandwagon. Because let's face it, you drink it and you're like, yeah. Why am I still tasting stuff? Exactly. You know? I I remember my first drink of diet soda was the first time I ever dealt with an aftertaste. Yeah. And I was like, ugh. You know, scraping my tongue. Ugh. But that's me. Not a big fan of the aspartame. I don't want to put anything <laughs> in my house that starts off with ass. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I. So, I mean, this really is kind of a big deal. So I could see them forking out the money for it. And let's face it. Why wouldn't you give the Rockettes fucking standing ovation? I mean, come on. Are you it's giving a the Rockettes a standing ovation in this video? Well, I would be. I'm not going to cheer for the fucking soda. Come on. <laughs> but that's what it looks like, though. Well, that's what it's meant to look like. You know, it's advertising. Yeah. So, I mean, the th and it was just like, but you look, you look at that the the gross commercialism, and you yeah. and you look at how they're they hyped up a soft drink. You would have thought it was the second coming of Christ. Yeah, I mean it's really, it's really over the top. It and the thing is, is that and you look at how we take something like Memorial Day, and we hype it up as a as a huge event for consumerism, and then you look at how um, all the movies that are released from Memorial Day weekend, and and all these other things that happen. And you tend to forget. Yeah, and what, I'll be honest. Yeah. Yeah. And and I honestly don't even remember what movies were released this past, this recent Memorial Day weekend. I think I, I think that everything was sort of overwhelmed and overshadowed by uh, the Avengers Endgame. Um, which, which, have you seen it yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, if, I saw it, too. I don't know if we want to end the show talking I, about it. Eh. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just... Just really quickly, Avengers Endgame to me was appropriate. That's the only word that I can think of to describe it. It there was nothing there that I was not expecting to happen. There was, you know, the way they they told the story. I couldn't have. It's not like I'm saying I, I predicted what the story was going to be about, but there was certain story beats they had to meet for contractual reasons. Yeah, you know, Chris Evans' contract ending, Robert Downey Jr.'s contract ending. There were certain story beats they had to hit. There were certain resolutions of care of storylines and characters that they had to make and they did it. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. And it was, it was a very appropriate end for me anyway. Well, I thought, so. I th well, I thought that the way that it was done was phenomenal. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of things that had to happen, but the way that they made these things happen mm -hmm. was, I thought it, I thought it was extraordinary. Granted, I've only seen it once. And it's been at yeah. I, well, I don't know the they they as far as movie making goes, they did a good job. They yeah. made a good movie. They really did. Um, you know, I saw it like two weeks after it came out, and a lot of people were talking to me about it beforehand, and they were like, "Oh, it's awesome! It's the best movie ever made." And I'm looking at them like, eh, maybe it was overhyped for me. I think maybe it was. Yeah, because I don't know. I mean. I did watch Captain Marvel before yep. I watched that, and Captain Marvel for me was, eh. 
Captain Marvel. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. Captain Marvel. The movie that was released, what is it, two, three months ago? Um, Something like that, yeah. Carol Carol loved it for obvious reasons. Like, finally, there's a superhero that she can identify with. Captain Marvel is exactly the kind of movie Marvel should have made back in 1994, 96, if they had their crap together. And it really had that made in the 90s feel to it, which I really liked. And the the special effects were top notch, um, yeah. but it's it's definitely a movie that they that it 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 looks like they made it back in the nineteen nineties, and yeah. it had it had all the correct beats to it. It's it's so much like so many other superhero origin story movies, um, but. They sort of like they tweaked it a little bit. She was she was all she she was already a superhero. She was suppressed. She didn't have the memories of her past. And then, yeah, well, the my problem with the movie Captain Marvel originates with the character Captain Marvel. Yeah. Um, in the comics, the character of Captain Marvel started off like they even they talked about it in the movie about his name was Marvel. Right. And you know all of that stuff. Um, and I, I honestly, the character was always problematic for me in the comics because when they first came out with him, with, with the, the original Captain Marvel, Marvel version of Captain Marvel, because the original Captain Marvel is actually character. Everyone thinks of as Shazam, but whatever. Um, it just, eh. the storylines never interested me. The character itself never interested me. Um, then they made. They passed on the Captain Marvel mantle to Carol Danvers, and it didn't do anything for me. It was still, eh, you know, it did not really impress me. There was some, always something just about the character itself that did not appeal to me. Um, then again, the, some of the, the female characters at Marvel that did appeal to me are not characters that Marvel's going to make a standalone movie about. Like, um, if you, did you watch the Netflix Jessica Jones series? My sons have. Okay. There's a character on it that is portrayed as Jessica Jones' best friend, mm-hmm. and the character's name is uh, I think it's Patty. Mm-hmm. Or yeah, it's it's Trish Talk is is the radio show. She's a radio show host. She used to be a child actor, who then became a talk radio host. And the character's name is Patty Walker in the comics. Patty Walker yeah. in the comics started off as like like a teen romance Archie comics kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then in the late 70s, early 80s, they turned her into a superhero called Hellcat. And I always found her as a character to be more compelling because she wasn't super powerful. She wasn't a, a rich dude who could afford to, you know, create or wasn't a genius that could create suits of armor or didn't have all this training in martial arts and all this other kind of stuff. And then she went out there and over time, the char- as the character grew, she learned the martial arts. She became more than as she went on. And they were very, as I recall anyway, the writers were very careful to present her as defeating people more by luck than not and actually not dying mm-hmm. by more by luck than anything else. And that character was much more compelling for me. And you could make... 
you could make a very interesting television show about that. And I was kind of hoping that's where they were going with it with Netflix. But since the House of Mouse has decided that they're going to come up with their own streaming content, just like uh, DC did, they're separating themselves more yeah. and more from Netflix. So we'll never, we'll probably never get to see where they had wanted to take it. Cause I, I guess they've greenlit a, another Jessica Jones series on Netflix season on Netflix, but I don't know. So the character of Marvel for me was a bit like Superman without the almost inhuman ideals that he represents. Yeah. Marvel was just overpowered. Yeah. And that to me does not make for an interesting character to read about. And so that's where for me, the movie went flat. You know, there was a lot of people on our side of the political aisle that were like, oh, they're just trying to force feminism down our throats. I could see how they could see that in the movie, but that wasn't the main thrust of the movie for me. That was a disappointment. It was the fact that you have this character who's uber powerful and never once in that movie did I think she was in any real danger. That's a, you know? Yeah, that's tough. It is. And that's the hard part with creating these uber powerful characters like Superman. Superman has the weakness of kryptonite. Yeah. Captain Marvel does not. She's, I mean, her announcement in Avengers Endgame, her arrival, she dove through the uber super spaceship of the bad guy and broke it. Yeah. And it, honestly, one of the things that was really difficult for me in Endgame is that by all rights, the way they set up the character within the movies, ignoring the comic books, the way they set her up within the movies, she should have been able to stand toe-to-toe with, with Thanos. Yeah. And they had to not let her. They had to find a way to not have her stand toe-to-toe because this is endgame. It's about the resolution of the Tony Stark storyline, yeah. of the Captain America storyline. Those two had to be front and center. Yeah, and I heard rumors that the original script, you know, didn't do that. It was Captain Marvel. It was the the original script, as I understand it, was the handing of the baton from Iron Man and Captain America to basically Captain Marvel. But that's not going to sit well with audiences because this is the last hurrah of Captain America and Iron Man. Right, and they did and not they did not want to have Brie Larson's character upstage everybody else in a Deus Ex Machina. So right. like, well, we, we, Which where'd you come from? Is that, right. yeah. And the problem comes in is that within the internal consistency that they had established with the movie, she should have. There's no reason why Thanos threw her and you don't see her for 10 minutes in combat. Yeah. There really isn't. So for me, the movie fell down on its own internal logic because they had to please the audience so they had to make some inconsistencies with character representation. And in the beginning, when the, she was like, look, it's there's more stuff going on than just on Earth and all this other kind of sure. stuff. Okay, fine. That's a good way, storyline-wise, to keep her out of the... F- However, what Thanos did, he did across the entire universe. Right. So she had to show up for the, for the climactic moment, you know? And like I said, there's no reason why she couldn't stand toe-to-toe with him. They had already established she's OP. She's overpowered. Yeah. You're using so terminology me, that, that was... my kids use all the time. <laughs> Make video <laughs> I games. I have kids too, man. Yeah. I talk to them It's a OP, lot, man. So. It's OP. Yeah. Um, They're using TLAs more than we did when I was in the military. 
<laughs> you know? Which is really kind of depressing. <laughs> but I mean, I, I, I did, and I wasn't really sort of prepared to really sort of like talk about this. Yeah, sorry. To, to the extent that we are. <laughs> well, no, because but the thing is, is that this gets because the marketing for Endgame was huge, and it, and it's every time that they have a new Marvel movie, it's like the marketing is just a notch higher than the last one um with the with you know with each progressive progressing avengers movie it's more over top than the other than the one before and i thought the i thought that the the first avengers movie was it was simply incredible and i i I don't think that you, you could have made a better avengers movie um and i thought um I thought Age of Ultron. I thought it was okay. I thought it was. I thought it was pretty good. It, the story was more substantial, but it kind of had. It didn't have th- the feels, as it were. Um, I, but when they brought everything together from all the other Marvel movies in Infinity War, and they included everybody, including. And it's I it, it might shock you to hear this. My favorite Marvel movies to date have been the the two Guardians of the Galaxy movies. Really? I, oh yeah. I I don't know why I enjoy them more. Even more than Captain America? I can't believe I'm saying this to you. There's something about there's something about the character of Peter Quill that I identify with more. There's something. There's just something about that. The, those two movies that just speak to me. See, I like the first one, but for me, the second one, they they relied far too heavily on the humor in the second one, to my taste. Drax in the comic books, Drax the Destroyer, is fucking horrifying. Yeah, he's a horrifying character, and in the movies, he's comic relief. Yeah, you know what I mean. So. I, I I try really hard to divest what's going on in the comics, which is what happens in the movies. Yeah. But when it's such a huge departure for the character, because he wasn't that much. He was funny in the first one. Right. But he was also scary. At the end of the movie, when they're walking out after they've defeated um, uh, Ronan the Accuser, and Drax turns to, who is it, Gamora, and says, it's really... Thanos that I'm after you know he had that depth of yeah I know what's really going on right. I know who's pulling the strings I know who the manip- real manipulator is and I'm gonna fucking kill him right you know I never got that in the second movie about him at all he seemed a lot I less really threat he seemed a lot less threatening in the other room but but the, I mean but for me in terms of enjoyment right I, I I mean I just I just really just enjoy the the Guardians of the Galaxy I just didn't, I just enjoy those movies for reasons that I cannot really sort of explore. I can't I can't I can't figure it out other than the fact that the character of Peter Quill I just identify with more. Um, yeah. But keep in mind, I saw um, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Two about maybe a week after my dad died. Yeah, and I was an unconsolable was mess for a couple of minutes. So you needed that, yeah. You I mean that that shot of humor. It really, I you know, if, if it didn't have that humor, I I 
I don't know. And it's like I gave my sons huge hugs after seeing that movie. Because um, yeah. it's it's really a story about fathers and sons. It is. Um, and it's and having having the characters from my favorite Marvel movies show up in Infinity War. That was that was a huge payoff to them. And they didn't like each other in the beginning. And as the movie sort of progressed, they said, "Wait a minute, we're all on the same side here. Why are we fighting?" That was right. that was awesome. The the problem that I had, well, not maybe not. It's not so much a problem. Rocket was the only survivor from the Guardians of the Galaxy. The yeah, yeah. At the end of a, a, a at the end of Infinity War, Rocket is the only one who survives. And Rocket, granted, Rocket is probably my second favorite character in Guardians of the Galaxy. And seeing him have such a huge role in Endgame was such a... It was, that was rewarding, too. That was rewarding as well. I mean, Rocket is probably as much of a significant character. And I'm sure that people are going to th- throw things at their, at their uh, um, podcast players when I say this. Whatever they're listening to. Whatever they're <laughs> listening to. They're not going to, you know... Uh, Rocket was as much of a significant character in this movie as Tony Stark and and um, Steve Rogers. He was just as important as Iron Man and Captain America and Thor to a small extent. As a matter of fact, you wouldn't have Thor in this movie if it wasn't for Rocket. Right. I think that I think that that's huge. Um, but Endgame was more culturally significant than Memorial Day. More people were involved in Endgame than what happened on Memorial Day. Obviously, clearly. Yeah. More more people in- more people went to see, I get the sense, more people went to go see Endgame than they went to any of these Memorial Day celebrations to me, it feels like. Well, and maybe that's my problem. Uh, and- that's my perception. Right. Well, and the thing is, too, I think it's fair to say that to some extent society is dealing with the Internet, right? The Internet has completely changed society. The way we do business, the way we get entertainment, the way we get information on how to plan things, um, the way we shop, all of that has been changed by the Internet. Yeah. Which did not exist when you and I were younger. No. Right? So now, really, more than any other time in history, we can pick and choose how we how we get our entertainment, how we where we get our information from, where we get our news from, where all of that stuff. We can really be very fussy about those sorts of things now. Yeah. And let's face it, a day of remembrance is pretty fucking depressing. It really is. Um, no one. Well, I should say very few people, if they have the choice of going to see something like, say, um, Avengers Endgame or listening to a bunch of elementary school kids recite the Gettysburg Address and listen to Flanders Field, they're going to choose Endgame. Oh, yeah. Because it's more entertaining. And there's a part of me, it's sad to say this, I mean, but can you blame them? Well, therein lies the the difference, right, is as a veteran, I kind of can Right. I, I, I know I've known people. I've lost people that I know right. in the line of duty. And I was in the Coast Guard. So it had nothing to do with war. Right. 
the people that I lost. Um, so there's a part of me that, you know, it's more personal. So it's hard for me to separate that as just as a normal schmuck out there. I don't think I, I could blame them because it's, you know, why go and get depressed and then go out and have a, a burger? You can just go out and have a burger. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but I do wonder about, you know, for me, it's the whole, those who don't learn history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah. Thing. And we've had some shitty things happen in history. Um, so it's, it's really, it bothers me. It does. It really does bother me. Um, don't know how to fix it, especially considering I fucked up in my own, in raising my kids in this manner. Yeah. We did not give Memorial Day the gravitas that it should have had when we were raising our kids. And that's a, that's something that I consider to be a failure on my part as a parent. I can't blame the kids for that. You know, what four-year-old is going to say, Dad, can we go to a parade and listen to really badly recited speeches? Yeah, exactly. No, no kid's going to say that. So, you know, it's not their fault. It was my failure as a parent. And this is, apparently I'm not the only one. <laughs> you know? Um, I don't know. I don't know how to fix it. I don't. Yeah. I mean, I honestly, I honestly don't know. I mean, here it is. I run a website called the Fedora Chronicles. And I am fixated on history and keeping, making sure that people remember, um, remember what happened during the first half of the of the 20th century. Yeah. And I want people to stop and remember, you know, the greatest struggle this world has ever known against just genuine evil. Half the world united <laughs> to fight the greatest evil that the world has ever known that we know of. Right. Um, and the thing is, is that today's the day it's like, it's the anniversary of D day. And it was just like, and I, and, and it, it totally surprised the hell out of me. I'm like, Oh, sh wait a minute. That's today. Keep in mind. I have yeah. all these other things going on. I, right. And, 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 and my life, our life kind of uh, uh, took a turn. Um, yeah. our, our life was turned upside down for, for, for a couple of days and I've resolved, yeah, a a I've resolved to find a better job, something better than lift. And yeah. I've been preoccupied with that. I have a backlog of podcasts that I haven't been able to put up because we've had all these things, the banking that we have to deal with other things mm -hmm. are going along. I, somebody had asked me. Could you show us some examples of um, you using the other templates in Dreamweaver so we can see if you're appropriate for some jobs that we're, we, we have lined up? Freaking great. And, and all these things going on in my life, having what, needing to find time to spend with my wife and kids and the dogs, taking care uh -huh. of the yard, the animal, the other animals that we have on our property. Um, and all of a sudden it's like, oh, it's, it's, it's D-Day. It's the anniversary yeah. of D-Day. And the, and the webmaster for the Fedora Chronicles forgot about it. And that, yeah. that makes me feel like crap. And if, and if I can't, huh? I, I don't think you should necessarily feel like crap about it. I mean, definitely note that, all right, well, life got away from me this year right. and try and do better next year. That's what I'm going to try and do. Um, on the on the electric speakeasy forum, my favorite thread by far is today in history. Yeah, 
and um, the N11 pilot is his handle. I don't know what he does for a living, but I hope he teaches history. I hope he does too. Because I, I love that. You find out all of these weird, interesting things, and it's I, I love that thread, and that's something every morning I, I do these rituals, you know, because it's important to have yeah. rituals. It gets you, you know, your day going and started and all that kind of stuff. Yep. And one of my rituals is I start off the day reading today in history yeah. on the Fedora, on the speakeasy forum. The electric, yeah. Excuse me, the electric speakeasy. And I love that thread. I really do. And I'm going to read his, his little excerpt about today in history. In 1944, Operation Overlord D-Day begins as the 150,000 strong Allied Expeditionary Force lands in Normandy, France during World War II. The impact of this invasion on history cannot be overstated. If you study the past long enough, you begin to realize that there are some events so significant that they represent a bend in the river of time that is history. D-Day is one of those events. The fate of the world literally hung in the balance, and if the day had broken another way, our life today would be very different in a very bad way. Honors to the Allied soldiers, sailors, airmen, and resistance fighters who carried the day. 150,000 men landed mm -hmm. in Normandy, France. Yeah. When was the last time we saw 150,000 men in a military engagement? And that's just on one side. How many Germans were on the other side? How many Nazis? And I'm going to use Nazi instead of Germans because reality is not all of the people in the Nazi army were Germans. Yeah. So not all Nazis were Germans. Not all Germans were Nazis. Exactly. So the Nazis that were defending were significantly outnumbered, but strategically they were much more, they had every single advantage. The only way to win in a situation like that is through sheer number. Yeah. Now, a hunt, to put that in perspective, in one of the training operations for the invasion of Normandy, France, they lost more men in a training accident for this invasion than we lost in Iraq since we entered Iraq yeah. to date. Mm -hmm. And, and it's, it's scary how... <sighs> We use the holidays when we're supposed to re be remembering yeah. events like this for shopping and barbecues and going to the movies. Right. I mean, it was like, would it would it kill me to take a just a and a couple of hours and go to the memorial service that they had at the center of town instead of going out to work because we have to make ends meet? And that's that's frustrating to right. me. Whereas it's like somehow you know. Not even being able to take the day, and businesses have all these incentives for their employees to work on this holiday. You get double overtime if you work that holiday in some circles. Well, let me think. Yeah. I can go to a memorial service and and remember the sacrifices made, or or I, I can make enough money to put us over the top, and we can pay off all the bills this month. Right. That's a tough call. That's that's tough really is how do you reconcile that how do you i don't know i i, I don't know i don't I mean, know how i don't know how i do it sometimes well there's there's a part of you that's like the practical side right it has to happen you you have to take care of your family you have to pay the bills right then there's the other side that's like how am i preparing my kids 
or life in the future and being adults? What effect have I had on them? You know, I, I, yeah, there's, there's times when I feel like I've failed my children in the way I've raised them. And there's times when I think, oh, they'll be fine. You know, it's just, it's very, very difficult. Yeah. I, so that that's that's kind of a downer. That's <laughs> what a way yeah, right? <laughs> what a way to end the show. So the ten thousand the ten thousand. No, no, no. We can't end the show on can't. a downer like that. We get, we got to go with a Florida man article. I mean, come on. Oh, so you were actually because I started to talk about this, but you had <laughs> you actually yeah, no, interrupted I, I me. I wanted to talk about that, but I don't want to end on that. Come on. Ah. <laughs> uh. Let me just see here. So, how do we how do we uh, how do we broach this topic? Do you want to just read the headlines? Yeah, yep. Florida man arrested for attempting to quote unquote barbecue child molesters. Because <laughs> plan to burn and kill sex offenders was thwarted when the police arrived too soon. Police say the 50 year old Portosierro was trying to kill sex offenders and set them on fire at the Friendly Village Inn and Motel in Kissimmee, Florida. In Osceola County, a detective said the man admitted his plan and he has now been charged with four counts of attempted premeditated murder. Yeah. And, re- and According to the police report, a man was standing outside his room when Porto Sierra jumped out of his car and began screaming at the individual. Terrified, the man ran back into his room, prompting Porto Sierra to break one motel's windows and pour gasoline inside. The enraged Porto Sierra also reportedly yelled, you're going to ju- die, child molester. Meanwhile, the man and his roommate escaped through the back. In addition, he allegedly attacked two other individuals inside a car in the hotel parking lot, first by pouring gasoline into the car through an open window. When the driver attempted to flee, he got into his black Ford Focus and started ramming their car. I mean, depending on their car, did they even notice it's a Ford Focus? I mean... He probably weighs more than the car. Anyway, <laughs> deputies then arrived on the scene where they say Porto Sierra surrendered right away. Waving his Miranda rights, he confessed and told the authorities they raped kids, they are child molesters that all live here and deserve to die. Osceola County is known for being a sex offender haven as it isn't in the restricted range of schools, playgrounds, and churches. There's a history of registered sex offenders living at the Friendly Village Inn and Motel. Wow. At least two of the four victims are convicted sex offenders. When police asked why he didn't follow through with the plan, he responded, You got here too soon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You know? uh, And they have the mugshot. And there are some famous mugshots in this world. But um, this one, the look on his face is like, Damn it, you couldn't have given me five more minutes? I mean, that's literally, oh my gosh. And of course, you have to read John Wilson's comment on the bottom of that. <laughs> His comment attached to our link on the Fedora Chronicles radio show and News of the Week group on Facebook. He's the okay. hero. All right, hold on. I'll read it for you. Thank you. He's the hero Florida deserves. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. Now and, and you'll and you'll really like the theme from the Dark Knight that'll be playing in the background when I put this thing together. <laughs> very nice. Very nice. I I totally appreciate that. I I 
for me, I don't. The the two crimes that are the worst to me is rape and child molestation. Yeah, those are horrible, horrible crimes. When it comes down to murder, murder is usually extremely complicated. When it comes down to rape, rape is about one person wanting to exert their power over another person, yeah. which is essentially short-term slavery, mm-hmm. right? Um, it's vile. It is vile to me. There are very few things my children could do that would cause me to seriously have to consider the nature of my relationship to them. But if any of them were to commit either child molestation or rape, I would be very, very conflicted yeah. as a parent. Um, so I get where this guy's coming from. Yeah, I really do. You know, and if that, if the county and specifically that hotel are havens for sex offenders, they, I get why he might have gotten to where he went mentally and emotionally to get to that point. Yeah. You know, and you look at the guy in his mugshot and you wonder what brought him to that point. There's a lot more to the story here. What drove this man to the point where he wanted to pour gasoline over people and set them on fire? Because that's a horrific way to die. Burning to death is absolutely horrific. And that one comment of his, they raped kids, they are child molesters that all live here and deserve to die. I mean, that's out of some sort of psycho's manifesto, you know? It really is. But holy shit, dude. Like, there's something... I got... Go ahead. There's something about that that is like, yeah, you know what? On on, On the one hand, I completely, totally understand. I can totally, completely understand. I sympathize with him to an extent... Right, and I and I reformatted an article that I wrote on on book burning that was inspired by this pastor who was going to burn a couple of thousand copies of the Koran in a bonfire in Florida of all places. Um, well, Florida man, yeah, Florida man. And but the 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 question remains: At what point do you cross a line and you become the 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 people that you claim to hate so much? Like what? Like what happens when, in trying to pre- stop or prevent what it is that you're trying to, when you're trying to prevent something that you hate, you become the thing that you hate in trying to stop. Am I making any right. sense at all? Am I am, am am I clear on this? No, I think you are. I mean, and and case in point is another article that was on the feed. Which is man accused of ejaculating in his boss's coffee every day for four years, <laughs> and <Sorry>. I mean, <laughs> and of course this one starts off with Newark, New Jersey man. Yeah. So it's Newark. Yeah. But you look at the guy's face. That is a guy who does not feel an ounce of guilt. There's a there's a background story to that. There has to be. The executive president of the Danco Engineering firm. So, 38-year-old Lewis Williams spent the last four years working as the personal assistant of Ms. Linda Moore, executive president of the Danco engineering firm. Among his tasks as Ms. Moore's assistant, he was to take her phone calls, set her schedule, bring her a cup of coffee on her desk every day when she arrived at work. After a dispute with his boss this morning, Mr. Williams admitted in front of a dozen coworkers that he had ejaculated in her coffee hundreds of times. According to Brian Little, an intern who witnessed the entire scene, Lewis Williams showed no remorse when he confessed his crime. He almost looked proud when he told her, I've been eating your shit for four years, but all this time you've been drinking my cum. Then he smiled and explained everything. Now, 
couple of thoughts come to mind. Really does. About this. Yeah. I mean, first of all, he's working as a personal assistant to a woman. Right. So talk about a role reverse. Sure. Right, of what we've come to expect on how those roles, gender roles work. This is a complete and total role reversal. And then this guy goes and does something like that. Right. Oh, yeah. You know, angry employee com- explained that he had been putting extra cream in Ms. Moore's coffee five days a week over many years. So, first of all, if he's able to do that consistently every day for five days a week for many, many years, I mean, kudos to him. Apparently, his, there's nothing wrong with his prostate. Right. There's also the other part of me that usually gets me in trouble that the thought enters my head is like, did she notice if he didn't do it? It's like, yeah, this coffee's not as good as it normally is. Or, <laughs> I mean, was there? I, I can't imagine that she didn't notice something. You know, I can't seem to get the same coffee that I get at work. Yeah, I just uh I don't under, I don't understand how can you There's some things I just don't understand about human nature. I I I I don't. I don't understand certain things about there's got to be another way to get back at your boss. Well, first of all, why do you have to get back? If you hate your boss that much and you hate your job that much, quit. Yeah. You know, just quit. I mean, later on the article, it says some of his colleagues have told reporters that he was deeply misogynic and found it humiliating to take orders from a woman all day. Quit. I can't take orders from a man if that's the way you feel. I can't believe that we said that at the same time. If you seriously here, here's the thing. The position that I'm in right now, I need to find something better. I need to find... I, because I, the thing is, we're de- we hear the, the issue that we're dealing with, the issues that we're dealing with, is that you you have to look at things and put things in perspective. You have to stop and think, why am I doing this thing? Why am I beating off in this woman's coffee? And the thing is, is that is, and, and by the way, that's also a health hazard. I know it sounds it's funny to joke about and stuff like that, yeah. but that's also a health hazard. And, and, and I mean, just just well, just I remove mean, what, the sec- has, re- it, remove the sexual component from this for a second, okay? She could charge him with a serious crime, Jay. And well, a total of nine hundred and ten criminal charges have been filed, including eight hundred sixty charges of sexual assault. Yeah, if he had herpes, if he had, heaven forbid, AIDS or HIV, if he had. Um, hepatitis, she now has it. Yeah. Assuming the coffee wasn't hot enough to kill whatever virus, bacteria, whatever it is. Right. Which may or may not have been, we don't know. I don't know anyway. He could have, he could have seriously hurt her. Oh, sure. He could have given her some sort of disease. Now, imagine that. She's working, going to work every day, unaware this is happening. She goes in for her yearly checkup. They run the normal blood test and say, oh, did you know you had hepatitis B? Yeah. Now she's got to go explain that to her husband. Her husband's going to think he, she's cheating on right. him. And she isn't. I mean, he could have seriously fucked up her life. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And honestly, how does someone who's a misogynist end up in that position to begin with? I hate women. Oh, I think I'll go be a personal assistant for one. Well, I'm going to sort of say something here, and it's going to be a little controversial. I'm shocked to hear that. You're shocked that I'm going to say something controversial. 
Could it be that he thought that he had a chance to score with his female boss, and that's why he put up with all the crap for so many years? It's entirely possible. Is there a part of this that's also, he might be a bit of a sadomasochist, where it's like he likes feeling humiliated by a woman, even if it's purely you know, platonic? And Just looking at his picture, his mugshot, he looks like a guy who probably gets tied up on the weekends for fun. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. I mean... And not that there's anything wrong with that. Of course not. I'm not passing judgment. I'm just saying. <laughs> Whatever floats your boat, man. Whatever, you know, rises your mercury. However you want to think of it. Usually it should be within willing participants, though. Some other employees have suggested Ms. Moore was often aggressive, dominating, and verbally abusive with accused man. He may have acted as some sort of self-defense. I don't know. I think he was getting something out of it. Obviously. If he's misogynistic, she's being abusive to him, it's feeding into his misogyny. Even if it's not something where he's getting a, a rise out of it, if he's not getting off on it, it is, pos it is entirely possible that he's getting his misogynist feelings justified. Yeah. And that it was enough for him. You know, now he could feel justified if he was saying, all women are bitches. I work for this woman. She's a complete and total bitch. But you got to wonder if one of his friends didn't look at him sometime as they were drunk one night and go, dude, why don't you fucking quit? By the she way. sounds like yeah. a bitch, man. By the way. Quit. By the way, you we know? do have to, for, for all, in total disclosure, when I posted this story, Facebook tagged at the bottom of this saying that this story is allegedly fiction. And it was, oh, is it? It's published for entertainment okay. purposes. But still, we're talking about a work ethic. Even though the story is false, our conclusions are true. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Dan, rather. <laughs> oh, man. I just realized this was on World News Daily. That's awesome. World News Daily Report, where facts don't matter. That is fucking fantastic. I love it. I'm sure that there is a bit of truth to this. I'm sure somebody had done something like this. Well, have you ever heard the term cockswab? I have not, Jay. I don't, okay. I, I, I don't run in the same circles you do, apparently. <laughs> Evidently. So cockswabbing is when someone uh, uses their cock to clean a coffee cup, let's say. Before they put coffee in it for someone else. Okay. Oh, I'm that, pretty sure oh. that was where this came from. <laughs> oh, oh, that's what that's called. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Here, here, I got. Let me stir this up for you. You know, I, it's yeah. We used to joke about it all the time when I was in the Coast Guard. Here, let me get you your coffee. I just make sure I gotta clean it out real quick. Give me a minute. I gotta go to the bathroom. You know, I mean. We used to joke about it, and I'm wondering if that's where this story came from, is, is that sort of thing. That's just, that's awesome. And I will point out that on the same page, one of the side stories is, I'm just going to read the headline, Hong Kong porn star is first man to receive horse-to-human penis transplant. <laughs> oh, God, no, no. Oh, I'm so glad we and, have the explicit tag and my father-in-law <laughs> no longer listens and, to this because he's gone deaf. And the irony of this, 
is that on that same articles page, one of the big advertisements on the side is an image of a person with it's in black and white except for their throat, which is all red, and they're like massaging their throat. And underneath it is a thing that says seven sneaky signs of lung cancer. <laughs> so, you know, I don't know who is planning shit over at the World News Daily Report, but kudos to you. Kudos yeah, exactly. To you. Well done. Yep. Yep. And what's our slogan, Jay? What's the slogan of this podcast? We find and mock uh, ridiculous news items so you don't have to. Exactly. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. This is way too fun. Yeah. But I do have to go to work. My boss is going to yell at me. Yeah, you and your so. excuses. I know I have a lot of them. All right. So anyway, keep your coffee mug to yourself. As a matter of fact, this is the perfect opportunity to remind our listeners, go to Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles and get your own damn coffee, coffee mug. And I guarantee you, when it comes right fresh out of the box, I guarantee you nobody has cock swabbed it yet. So please go to Zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles and get your own damn coffee mug. Thank you for the eye-opening examination into the dark soul of perverts like yourself all over the world, Jay. <laughs> I think these thoughts so no one else has to. That's what it is. And no, I don't want a second cup of coffee. <laughs> it's a nice clean cup. I bet Got you. Extra cream. <laughs> I drink. This is one of the other reasons why I drink it black. <laughs> Yeah, when... see, that's why I just stick to alcohol. Because <laughs> once you go black, you never go back. Coffee. Coffee. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank you for dragging this show right into the gutter, Jay. This is going to be a joy <laughs> to listen to with my wife and kids this se- <laughs> while we're editing this. All right. Have a great day. <laughs> I may stop by to see you this summer when I'm out there and I can just imagine Ellen and Harrison going, Mom says we're not allowed to talk to you. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll look over at Carol and she'll just nod her head and say, you know damn well. <laughs> you know why. You're a bad influence on my husband. <laughs> All right, Jay. Oh, I, will, I, we, I will talk to you again later. Thank you very much. Talk to you next week. You've survived another podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Find out more about us by visiting our homepage, thefedorachronicles.com. You can support the show by visiting our Zazzle page. Exactly 12.5% of every purchase goes to keeping this and other shows on the Fedora Chronicles Network on the air. That's zazzle.com slash Fedora Chronicles. Or you can become a Patreon. Click the link. And for a mere dollar a month, you will get early access to the podcast, updates on what we're working on, and so much more. Thanks for all your support in advance, and thank you to our listeners who have already contributed. Don't forget to search for The Fedora Chronicles on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, where we will be keeping you posted on what's happening. Be sure to join the Fedora Chronicles radio show Facebook group. 
facebook.com slash groups slash Fedora Chronicles News. On behalf of Jason and myself, this is Eric Render King Fisk signing off. Keep your chins up and your fedoras on.